I apologize for being a little starstruck on this episode, to be honest. Uh, you should be starstruck, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to On The Upbeat. I am Matt Vest, and with me this week, of course, is Mr. RJ Phoenix. Hey, everybody. I'm RJ Phoenix. I do two things. I talk to Ska Luminaries, and I talk to They Might Be Giants fans, and today I have both. It's Mr. Mike Park, a man whose resume is so long that if I took time to read it, we'd be here all day. Welcome to the show, Mr. Park. How are you doing today, sir? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we are definitely excited Dude, I'm I'm so excited. I'm just gonna say it at the top. Uh, Skank and Pickle, Sing Along and Skank and Pickle was one of our first three Sky albums. I've been a fan of you since I was about 16, so that's been like 29 years now, sir. I, I I'm I'm humbled that you would join us on the show today. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like RJ said up top, I think I think we could do like a whole episode about any of the bands, and then any your label i think we could do like a whole episode uh so we're gonna try to shove it into an hour uh see how that goes um but yeah so we do have uh you know i have a question uh that i think everyone's gonna want to know and it might be a bit controversial the we always here he goes here he goes uh and this is a group discussion everyone can chime in uh what is the better 90s ska music video now, look, there might be better than these two, but these are the two that I'm putting forth. All right, man. You you know how I feel about music videos growing up without MTV and cable. So <laughs> let's hopefully I've seen these. Uh, I, I kind of feel like you, you might have. So what is the better 90s ska music video? Sellout by Real Big Fish or Sunday Morning by No Doubt? Now, we're not judging the song here mostly focusing on the video what say you rj uh, i've never seen the sunday morning video really <laughs> no uh, <laughs> i was gonna go two-tone army by the toasters i, I don't know <laughs> i love that video i have that one on vhs you do yeah that's interesting the, that uh, moon records put out a vhs at one point yeah all right uh, johnny sacco put out uh the, their polka song they did for misfits of sky that's a fun video so I, my, I go to. <laughs> I'm so useless right now, Matt. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Uh, my pick between these two is Real Big Fishes. And it's simply because of Mr. Matt Wong running around in the fry outfit. I think that is, I think that's a winner. Uh, Mike, do you have a preference between these two? I think, I think it's fair to say classic, even though RJ hasn't seen them, classic 90s ska music videos. I'm trying to remember. I think the No Doubt one has scooters in it. Is Am I right? I don't think it, so. It, it, Gwen is wearing like a retro, like 60s style dress. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. She's in I'll the kitchen. With, yeah. I'll just go with No Doubt because I like the outfit. Yeah. Oh, you know, even split. One no doubt, one real fish, one undecided. Undecided because <laughs> didn't see it. But interesting fact, and I I I definitely did not recognize uh this person at the time, but now 
Of course I do. Mr. Uh, Terry Hall from the specials is in the opening of the No Doubt video. He's like walking by the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then he like peeks yeah. in. And he peeks That's in. That's the easy winner then. My gosh. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm going to have to throw down for the No Doubt video now. <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry, Real Big Fish and Matt Wong and your fry outfit. Uh, you have been bested by Terry Hall. Um, but that's just the way these things go. You know, uh, maybe maybe next week we'll throw down with uh, two other and we'll go to mid 2000s ska music videos. Those make not going to make it any easier for me. <laughs> maybe maybe I should tell you beforehand and make you watch them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, all right. Let's get into some ska news. Yes, Ska News, uh, where we try to give you all the information that we can in like an eight-minute segment about the latest releases uh, in Ska. Well, we do have uh, some later, uh, some late releases out right now uh, from uh, the Resignators. On January 24th, the Resignators released their version of Ben Fold's uh, From Above, this cover song from the Resignators is streaming everywhere now. And, uh, of course, let's listen to a clip. They even looked at each other once across the crowded bar. He was with Martha, she was with Tom. Neither of them really knew what was going on. Strange feeling of never. Heartbeats becoming synchronized. Stay that way forever. But most of the time, it's just near misses Air kisses, once at a bookstore, once at a party She came in as he was leaving Years ago at the movies She sat behind him The six that he's showing Of while you were sleeping Never once looked around It's so easy from above You can really see it all Sad and small, there's nothing to be done for them. Doesn't work that way. So we all have soulmates, but we walk past them every day. Oh no. Uh, I was not very familiar with this Ben Fold song. I had never heard it before because uh, I pretty much only listened to Ben Folds Five in the '90s and his like I think his first like solo album, maybe second solo album. I think this was from 2010. And uh, I were you RJ? Were you familiar with this Ben Folds song? No, I'm this? same. I'm same as you. I got I got into the Ben Folds on the first album, and uh, I really liked the second album as well. Uh, Reinhold Mesner, I know that's the one that broke the big single. Um, no, wait, that was uh, whatever and ever that had to break. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I, those first three are good. I pretty much only listened to the the self titled one. Um, I do have his first solo album, but I don't I don't put it on as much as I do a lot of other stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a good cover by from the Resignators. RJ, what do you got for Scott News? Well, our pals up in Canada, the Classy Rex, have put out a new single called Keep Your Head Up, Girl. It is another song off their Sunset Revival EP, which they've been drip-feeding us for about the past few months. A couple songs. Actually, I think Grey Skies goes way back to the summer, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, it's another great song from uh, the boys from Canada and the Classy Rex. It's called 
Keep your head up, girl, off the Sunset Revival EP. good tune from the classy rex hell yeah uh, last up we have uh, another cover song uh this is a ska segment of covers Not uh, except, for mine. except for yours but, <laughs> um all right so uh the band bet on red uh on january 26th bet on red released their cover of the clashes uh rudy can't fail this cover uh is streaming everywhere now and uh, yeah, let's take a listen. On the root of the 19 bars. How you get rude and a reckless, don't you be so crude and a feckless, you were drinking brew for breakfast. So for the art for this uh, song, for this cover, they uh, they kind of did their own version of the famous uh, picture for from London Calling, uh, where he's smashing the guitar. So they did their like own version, and uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, check those out. Hey everybody, are you parched after a long night of playing your trumpet? A bit thirsty after another night of non-stop skanking. Need a refreshing beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite ska podcast? Well, reach for a refreshing H2 Tone, the only bottled water endorsed by Walt Jabsco. Yes, H2 Tone. Get to your local supermarket and pick it up today. This episode is also brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash ontheupbeatska. There you can find bonus episodes, merch cuts, and access to our secret forum. Shh, it's a secret. That's patreon.com slash ontheupbeatska. Thanks for your support. We are going to now talk to Mr. Mike Park. Uh, let's see. Let's just name a few things. Uh, Skank and Pickle. Uh, Bruce Lee Band. Asian Man Records. Kitty Cat Camp Fan Club. Mike Park Solo Music. Uh, Chinkies. Uh, ska Against Racism. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just cut it off there. That's, that's, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Let's, oh, I'm so excited to have you on, Mike. I really am. I, I think I teased that a little bit early on, but, uh, I'm a big fan. Um, so what, I, I guess I just want to start off with, uh, what have you been up to lately, my man? Cause I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I've been doing so much mail order <laughs> because <laughs> we just shipped out the common rider record, the first record. Yeah. And it was, Oh, man, it was a lot of work. So 
sold out like the first thousand. I think in like, like a couple days, and it came with a shirt bundle. So what I've been doing is just mail order, just try trying to like catch up, and I finally have, and then it's just like it's never ending. It's just mail order. I mean, uh, I I hate to ask, is it still fun? It is, yeah. Just listen to podcasts and uh, listen to music. You just kind of go and just try not to stress about it. I don't like making mistakes. I hate like getting emails going, "Hey, you sent me the wrong shirt." I was like, ah. <laughs> I don't know why it stresses me out so much, but I get so pissed off when I make mistakes. But... I, I mean, I think it's because you're a good person. I don't want to be put too much on you, but I, I know I mentioned I've been listening to you and since I was a teenager. And, you know, when you're a kid, you find people you want to kind of look up to that you respect, uh, whether they're doing art or what you were with uh, your music or, you know, running a small business like you do with a Dylan, the nation man. And uh, I got to say, as a customer and as a fan, uh, you've never let me down. Um, there's some, some, I've never had a problem with the Asian man order. Uh, you've always gotten me my stuff bang on time. Fantastically. Uh, yeah. So you do it. You do, you're running a hell of a ship there, Mike. Yeah. I think I get more upset that it's going to cost me money because I made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> that's where, that's where I'm frustrated. Like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. Just, just bleeding, bleeding the money. <laughs> What led you to starting Asian Man Records? Like, what was you know? Let's go back to the, the how it all started. What what was the circumstances that said, "Hey, I want to you know start a record label and and spend my days uh, sending stuff out through the mail?" Well, initially it was uh, just kind of this before Asian Man. It was Dill Records, which was a collective amongst the Skank and Pickle members, and kind of the realization that a lot of the not even a lot. I think all the punk labels that we were fans of, especially for me, I was kind of thinking, well, look at these records on SST. That's Greg Ginn from Black Flag. And then looking at like this minor threat record, this is Discord, which is Ian Mackay. And then, you know, with Moon Records, Bucket was doing it. Um, Epitaph, Mr. Brett was doing it. So it was like, Man, everyone's kind of doing it themselves. Even like Lookout was Larry Livermore, mm. which started, he was in the Potato Men. So he was also a musician putting out his own records. So I just felt like, well, why don't we do the same thing? And then I realized I felt like I had a good ear for stuff early on. And it was just kind of something I enjoyed. And I just kept going. Yeah, I, I got to say, uh, there was always new bands coming up onto Asian man records at the start, you know, it's you're pulling, put out stuff for like, you know, Johnny Sacco, a good, big, big favorite of mine, uh, ME 330 as well. Um, and then, you know, I find out other smaller bands are putting out, I think you were to thank for why I know who monkey is. Cause you put out that, that split seven inch, uh, mail order children out of Denver. Uh, but then we get into the, the non-ska stuff. Uh, like softball and poly six. And, you know, that just for me is like, this is, I trust Mike. Mike's going to find something good scar, not for me to listen to. Man, I, I put out plenty of crap too. My God. Yes. <laughs> He's honest folks. He's honest. <laughs> uh, but I mean, originally uh, Asian man records was looked at as more of a, a ska punk label. Uh, 
what went into uh, growing that out and growing the sound to different styles? Well, it was, it was always just wanted to put a record label putting out music that I like. I, I, I still think we get categorized as ska punk because because of me, because of my music, which is fine. I don't mind. I'll take any promotion I can if people want to like throw me on the ska punk train <laughs> and, and promote me like with the ska revival in the last like few years. And I got a lot of pub and I don't think I deserved it. I felt like man, someone like Chuck Wren should be getting this pub who's been doing it nonstop for 30 year or 30 plus years. Yeah. But I didn't complain. I was like, yeah, <laughs> interview, interview me. <laughs> let's let's talk let's talk uh yeah no i i, I mean i that just the the wealth of of different stuff that is on asian man i've always been very very impressed by and like i said you've you've led me to bands that i never probably would have checked out on my own and just just trusting in you um is, is there anything you look for when a band sends you a demo or you just come across a band yeah, a lot of times it's people that i let me see. There's a lot of tears to this, but especially early on, it was like people that I respected their opinion. They would go, you got to check this band out. I'd go, okay. And then like more lately, as I get older, I, you, you kind of lose touch of like youth culture. So I really depended on a lot of like people who are younger, like uh, volunteers that come in. And I always just ask them, what are you listening to? And Ask them if they can, um, you know, share like DJ while they're where they're, they're helping, and I just get to listen to all these new bands, and it's been really cool. I, I'm sure there have been moments where, you know, in the years you've been doing Asian Man Records, where you're like, you've wanted to like maybe stop. I'm sure there have been those moments, maybe when you get a uh, an order wrong or something. But what what keeps you going? What keeps you, you know, what pushes you forward? Uh, it's such an easy job. <laughs> it's a, I've actually never thought about stopping because it's oh. such a, it's such a fun job. Like, God, I couldn't even think of working a nine to five. So basically I could just do whatever I want. And like, and if it gets too busy, I could just turn the store off and <laughs> catch up. <laughs> Sorry, turn kids. It back on. Sorry, kids. I uh, need a nap. That's what it needs. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. being your own boss, it's it's nice to be able to just kind of set the parameters of what you want to do. Um, so as long as it's fun, I'll keep doing it. And I, I I think I purposely do things much differently than most independent labels. Uh, my business plan doesn't make any sense. I just kind of <laughs> just do whatever I want, and I I and I don't think it would work for ninety nine point nine percent of the labels out there. Um, it's a unique situation for me, and I'm running with it. Now you still run the label out of your uh, parents' garage? Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I believe I saw a picture of your mom helping uh, box up some records too online recently. Yeah, she still assembles. She assembles records every day, and she's 87 now, but she's still in pretty good shape. So she. You pack like gosh, she did like almost like a hundred and fifty records today, which is crazy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I'm I'm tired just hearing that number. 
No, she's that's, good. That's great. What, what was what was that conversation like? You know, because you know maybe I'm maybe putting a little bit of myself into like if I think if I were in my uh, you know. 20s and i told my dad i was going to start a record independent record label my dad would have thought i was crazy uh but what was that conversation like with your mom and your parents and you know the people close to you did uh did uh people try to convince you to find something else yeah definitely i i grew up with really strict parents so my parents really wanted me to go to a a power college and be a doctor or a lawyer or engineer. And it was just a lot of rebellion on my end. And I just did, I just did it. And the only reason it got, and, and I don't know, even know if a hundred percent, my mom is, I don't know if she's a hundred percent on board still, but I think the main thing was I made money and somehow Korean press picked up on the story mm. in mm. the 90s late 90s and so like I was like, I'm trying to remember the name of the it was TV and newspaper came and they did interviews interviewed my parents and then so I think that Korean culture they love to like brag about their kids and then so their friends <laughs> saw it on TV and they would they, they were getting calls going oh we saw we saw you on TV with your son and so somehow that was now acceptable. It was very strange, yeah. The, the thought process, but also being able to make a living. I, I, um, yeah. I think my dad, when it, that first year in '96, actually '97 is when we picked up a distributor, this distributor called Mordam, and it was the ska boom was going crazy and. It was big. Like we grossed over a million dollars that first year. So it was ridiculous. And it was just me. So that's a one person operation out of a garage. Um, It isn't like that anymore, but (laughs) it was, it was that first, that first full year. Yeah. A bunch of people just like a million dollars. I'm going to start my own label. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I so, really, so excited kids <laughs> yeah you got to give mike some credit we had some early less than jake there that was helping out first the early oh, bruce lee band definitely. stuff yeah 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 so my, yeah, mike that, knew that, what to that, do as for record my god that was great you know i had slapstick link 80 the misfits of ska one and two those are like the first six releases and then followed up by mu 30 it was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I got all those CDs somewhere around here, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm from the Midwest originally, so I was I was checking out Slapstick. I was going to MU shows. I was, I was trying to sneak into Sako shows until I turned 21 and could get into them a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, so I, I do have a bit of an oddball question. Uh, if you don't mind, I know it's probably like picking your favorite pet. But what version of the Bruce Lee band is your favorite? The the Less Than Jake version, the R Expandits version, or the current like Ska Supergroup version? Uh, I, the the current version is is by far the best. It's it feels like a real band because we've done so much, we've recorded so much. That is true. We've done two full lengths, two EPs, and one of those EPs is seven song EP. So I feel like. 
that's even more actually three EPs. We did three EPs, two full lengths, and uh, we'll probably record again this year. So, oh wow, it's, fun. it's a fun time to be with those guys and just and we do it very oh God, it's a very strange way to record we don't okay we don't practice first we go in the studio and we just start we work on a song as soon as we get it we record it so it's what you're hearing is the first is as soon as we feel like we've got the rhythm at least we record it and then we go to the next song, start working on that, and then record the next song. Wow. That's yeah. some old school punk rock action. But I don't think anyone does that. I mean, obviously, usually you learn the songs first and then you go in the studio. But the first time I got got together with Jeff, that's the way we did it. And so we just kept doing it like that. And it's just that's the rule. We have to do it like that. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't broke. Don't fix it, you know? So, I mean, but I can tell you that uh, is very rare of, of all the bands we heard. You're right. The traditional way is they kind of learn the songs together and then they go into a studio, mostly to save on studio time for the most part. Yeah. I couldn't name one band that does it this way unless they're uh, like a major label act that has millions of dollars in the studio and they can just spend a full year in the studio. Yeah, maybe someone like the Foo Fighters, maybe maybe them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, e- you're either way, it's it's still unique. But like I said, if it ain't broke and it's working, and you know the latest records have all all been phenomenal, so I think you're going in the right direction. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think I could build a uh, ska supergroup better than uh, Mike, Jeff, Dan, and Kevin. So yeah. It, it, you meet expectations from the names involved for damn sure. God, they make it so much easier for me. My gosh. Look, look at how humble he is, everybody. Listen to that. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, as being being a fan, there's a, uh, a ME330 song uh, about you flying Johnny Sacco or you flying Dan out to, to California to hang out with uh, you and Johnny Sacco. What's the story behind that? Is is it just what's in the song, or? Yeah, I remember when Dan lived in St. Louis. I I would always have uh, like Southwest. Southwest used to have these frequent flyers. Like, God, how did it work? It was like if you did eight one ways, you'd get a free ticket. So it didn't matter if you're like flying from San Jose to New York or San Jose to L.A. So I was accumulating so many free flights. I would just fly Dan out. I'm like, hey, come out and hang out. And we would go to Santa Cruz and uh, hang out with Slow Gherkin and go to the boardwalk. And they'd have, what did he say in the song? I think it was like 25 cent night at that time. It was pretty cheap. It's 50 cent night. 50, yes, I think it's 50 cent night. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what is it? I think it's hot dogs, Pepsi, and cotton candy are 50 cents. <laughs> and then all the rides are 50 cents. It's amazing. Now I need to get up to the boardwalk of Santa Cruz. Yeah, Road trip, it's Matt. a lot more now. I think it's $2. <laughs> $2. Ah, $2. $2. $2. Outrageous. It's too much. <laughs> um, so we're going to listen to a uh, 
a Mike Park song. I couldn't wait out through the night. And uh, what can you tell us about that song? This is a song that I did with Karina from Dancehall Crashers, and it's on the it's on Bad Time Records. It's a split I did with Catbite, mm, yeah. and it's on their Wave Breakers Two release. I've always wanted to collab with Karina, and so this was the first time. I thought it came out great, so that's that's about it. I couldn't wait out through the you mentioned you know this uh that song was off of um wavebreaker 2 on bad time records uh, it's a split uh ep with catbite um 
what are your, you know, uh, what excites you most about ska like right now? I think I, I'm really enamored by bad time records, to be honest. I just see someone doing such cool things within like a community kind of a process. And it just reminds me of early Asian man records where all the bands are just supporting each other. And that Mike has gone, Mike Sosinski from Bad Time Records is just, he's all in on ska. Now that's, it's hard putting out just ska. So I applaud him for doing Bad Time Records. And I, I'm pretty sure he had like a pretty good nine to five job and he quit to do it full time. And I don't know how his wife feels about it, but man, that's pretty awesome. That he's all in and going for it. What bands are you, you know, are you currently listening to that really sort of, uh, you know, scratch that itch for you? Uh, I like, I, it's no secret that Catbite is the band that I like the best out of the, I guess, the so-called new crop of bands. I just think they're playing a sound that's very unique, kind of taking ingredients of, mod um two-tone some trad and even some punky stuff uh and kind of putting their own twist on it and um I like bad operation i like kill lincoln I'm trying to think of new bands <laughs> <laughs> God, and they're not even new kill lincoln's been together yeah. forever yeah like brand new, brand new bands. God, someone's got to. Um, you guys got to suggest some stuff to me when we're when we're off the air. Tell me some bands <laughs> I can check out that are like new, new, like a year, year or, or newer. Ooh, year. Uh, yeah, most of the young bands that I I think are fairly new that that I really dig are aren't aren't American bands always. Yeah, which is great too. I'd, I'd like to hear what's going on overseas. Um, like, yeah. I, I think of the Abrupters as a new band, and they're nine years old. Yeah, and <laughs> and some of them are in bands before that too. I like it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> we're we're, yeah. ju we're just getting old, Mike. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mike, I wanted to, I'm sure maybe you'd probably talk this particular subject uh, to death, but I think I want to maybe hit it from a slightly different angle. Um, so, in the late 90s, you did the Sky Against Racism tour, and, um, you know, looking back on it, um, when you think about it, what what comes to mind uh looking back on that experience overall it's i believe in in the big picture i do feel like we did something very cool and i i have heard from adults now who were kids at the time and how it helped shape their ideas and who they are as a person now uh at the, but at the same time, I I'm troubled by the by the fact that we even have to do something like that in the first place, and and now I I, I look at here we are, you know, 26 years later, 
it's like almost feel like things are worse if if anything so it's like one step forward two steps back yeah so the progress is what's frustrating to see such division and such vitriol that is just constantly on the tip of people's lips or fingertips if if it's them on social media i just it's it's too much. I I, I just uh, I'm it's so deflating just seeing such hostility and anger and negativity and hatred and yeah. I can't my like my mental health is just shot from this just everything. So my whole thing right now is I just need to continue to do what I do um, and be a positive as positive as I can. But I had to scale back on a lot of just my political rhetoric because it was affecting me, affecting my mental health. And so I'm trying, and I mean, I know I'll go back on it cause I can't help myself, but I'm really trying to hard to just post stuff that's positive at the moment instead of, um, just doing things that are going to cause uh, cause me more um, like a spiral downward. So just t- t- for now, using the uh, label and personal socials just to try to uplift. Yeah. And I don't even know the, the question. You- <laughs> I feel like I got <laughs> off topic. No, no, no. No, no, no. It, it, and what you were saying – right there really resonates with me because like it is uh one i do also get the feeling that sometimes it feels like it's worse than it was in the 90s um but also i resonate with that not so much trying to pull back from being so political but necessarily pulling back from like engaging you know, in certain forums publicly, politically, because there are just, you kind of learn, especially with social media, that it's just, it's going nowhere. Like to have some of those dialogues, they're just, they're not going to happen online. They're just not, you're going to get in arguments. You're going to have to, you know, cause I, I pulled back myself because I, I have a, I have a bit of a savior mentality in the sense of that I have to prove myself right i have to prove my sort of like worth will get caught up in that so i have to end up pulling back because if i it kind of makes me sad when i can't like win them over or quote unquote win the argument or or just hearing just so much negativity of things people say and do like it'll just it'll drown you emotionally if you if you let it if you engage in it so i definitely connect with that that feeling of you know you don't want to ignore what's going on around you politically but you also i don't want to get in any more fights online <laughs> so it's, yeah. yeah and it's it's more than that it's just going down the rabbit hole yeah. of social media if you start reading or watching something it'll drag you in there next thing you know you've been just scrolling your phone for hours yeah. And just getting angrier and angrier. And it's like, yeah, yeah. this is not good for me. Yeah. 
Was there ever a chance and would there ever be a chance of a ska against racism tour two? I mean, never say never. I just, if it's going to happen, it would have to be, it would just have to be the right situation with the bands, with bands who are completely on board for the right reasons and just make sure everyone is willing to give it everything they have um, behind something like that. I, I just don't want to, I wouldn't want to half-ass it if, sure. if we did something like that. And, and we'd have to, we'd have to put a, obviously a lot of energy into it. So I, I don't, I just don't know if I have that. So I would have to kind of like look myself in the mirror and see if I'm willing to put that in. And if not, yeah. Um, at least get someone else to um, put in that energy that I'm not able to, and, and maybe just be a, um, I get, I guess, uh, someone from the outside looking in and being being someone that they can ask advice on stuff. I don't know. It's hard. I, I yeah, I yeah, I totally get it. Like yeah, a, a tour would be a, a huge undertaking. Uh, especially one of that nature that is, you know, politically minded and, and with a message. Yeah, you want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Um, we have some questions uh, from a listener that I, I wanted to ask you. So um, uh, this listener starts off by saying uh, Mike's uh, Smile album is probably one of the most underrated albums of all time. I, I saw him live about 10 years ago when it was recent. Uh, how was it writing a children's album? Uh, and was how different is it than writing like a regular ska album? Oh, it was awesome. Writing the children's record was great because there's no, there's no stress. Like no, who's, is someone going to like write online going, Oh, Mike Park's children's album is a piece of shit. <laughs> You, so you, like, know, you know those five-year-olds, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, man, it's it's great. You just write about anything, write about eating apples and wor wiggly worms and uh, saxophones. So it's like, <laughs> it was so easy and fun. Yeah. And, I, and I do think, I think the songs are great on that record. I, I really had a fun time writing that. That's because I was a f new father at the time. Having two young kids, I was just like, "Man, I'm gonna write kid songs." But now that they're all old, I don't want to write kid songs anymore. <laughs> that make that was the kind of follow up question: Will there will there ever be you know another one? But uh, I, no. I have a bunch of songs that have already been recorded. Mm. I don't know if I ever release them. Maybe I will. I did release one song a couple years ago, uh, just as a single. It was. Uh, I don't even know the titles like A B C D E F G H I J K L M O B Q R S T U V W X Y and Z. I think that's the name of the song. Yeah, it it's is. Rose, Rosenstock S sings on it, and so does Sean Bennett from AJJ. And I think it's a killer song, and the video is super cute. Yeah. And kids love it. Speaking <laughs> of uh, songs, uh, just one-off songs. You did a song with a band called Shaken Sixty Nine. Is, why do we only have the one song? What's going on there? 
So that was just for the. It was a compilation. Yep. Um, it was a Kill Rock Stars Lookout Records uh, double twelve inch, and it was yeah, it was just a one off. So it, oh, it was wow. it was Tim Tim and Matt from Rancid, um, and it was uh, two guys from the Uptones. It was Paul and Eric from the Uptones. Oh, it was Dave Mello also from Op Ivy. So it was it was Dave, Tim, and Matt from Op Ivy. Wow. So three, three of the four people from Op Ivy, and then me and Lars from Skanker Pickle played horns. And uh, that was it. It was just, just one day. It was a, a studio in Hayward called Art of Ears, and that was it. That was pretty much it. <laughs> I, just, I just wasn't going to forgive myself if I didn't have you on the line to ask that question and just let it go, because I, I think I listened to that track. That was one of my favorite tracks off that thing. It took me a long time to f- even figure out who was involved in that. Uh, and then I saw your name. I was like, oh, well, this is starting to fall right into place why this this track is right up my alley. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't write it. So I read, all I did was play sax. And I don't <laughs> that's enough I for played, me. I don't think I played that great, to be honest. But it says, God, it has such a good groove. Tim really knows how to pen a song. And then just having all those good players with them. It's, it's a great Scott track for sure. Yeah, it's assemble the right team. You can do no wrong. I um, I have I think one last question that I did want to ask you off the top of my head. Um, so you have the Bruce Lee band. I was wondering, have you ever heard from like the estate of Bruce yeah. Lee? Like, yeah, has there ever been an issue with that? Yeah, it was uh when the record first came out in '94 the cd manufacturing company i picked it was a company i can't remember the name of the company it was a place in southern california and the general manager was robert lee which was bruce lee's half brother and he called me he's like you know i don't own any of these i don't own the rights to any of this stuff but they will universal will go after you so you you really should change the name so i changed it to b lee band and plus that first pressing, I just had pictures of Bruce Lee all over that thing, man. It was <laughs> terrible. I didn't know. It was one of the first albums I ever released. So I was like, ah, oh, you could do anything. I think the CD face was just straight off, enter the dragon. Just a photo of him. This is like every copyright infringement I I I did. I infringed everything uh, and it, it was all over the booklet too. Several photos of Bruce Lee throughout the booklet. And I guess the coolest thing that came out of that was getting to talk to Robert Lee. And also there was a Bruce Lee book that came out in Japan of just like everything Bruce Lee. And they included that CD in that book. I thought that was nice. cool. Cool. <laughs> but it was you just had that one sort of little issue it just resolved itself after a while yeah i just i just changed it to b lee but then i'm like recently i'm like i'm just gonna use bruce lee band i'm not i'm not stupid enough to use images of bruce lee anymore and it's like we don't even tour so what's the big deal <laughs> <laughs> 
it's not like people are going to confuse your band with having Bruce Lee in it. So it's <laughs> exactly. And I feel like if worst case scenario, if someone gives me a cease and desist, I'll just change the name, but yeah. I don't see that being a problem. And yeah. Yeah. Again, if someone did reach out, I would, I would respect it and, and change it to something. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you would, if you had picked a, a different manufacturer, you probably wouldn't have even heard anything, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, before we head out, we do, of course, have ska picks of the week. Mike, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? So I picked an old song by Fishbone. It, it was the B-side of Party Ground Zero 12-inch. It's called Skank It to the Beat. I picked the song because it's it was always my favorite song growing up, like in the 80s. And every time, luckily, growing up on the West Coast, I got to see Fishbone hundreds of times. And like clockwork, the second song they'd always play live was Skank It to the Beat. And it was just just such good memories of that song and just skanking so hard to that song just to the point of exhaustion and just I don't know something about that song even though it's just three chords with no changes it's such a cool it's such a cool tune all right, skating to the beat by uh, I almost said by Stephen Pickle. That's not right. Uh, by Fishbow. Let's check it out. It's a powerhouse of a song for sure. Sure is. All right. So my ska pick. Um, now, Mike, I don't know if you've heard of this band. They are definitely not new in the sense of, um, a, you know, only like a year old, but they are uh, new in the fact that they've not, they weren't around in the mid 2000s. Let's just say that. Uh, my pick is from a band called Hooray for Our Side. And uh, this song is off their 2009 or 2019 EP, uh, Everybody Love Everybody, and it is the song uh, Carousel.
really love uh, that song. It's a good um, song, good guys. Love that band. Yes. Uh, I, I, they are definitely one of the bands that I really just think uh, doesn't get enough attention, but also, you know, they're more, they really are local. I don't think they have the capability to tour. And so I totally get it, but they're definitely a band. I hope that everyone checks out because uh, they are really good. So yeah, check out Hooray for Our Side. RJ, what's your Scott pick? Well, I've been wanting to pick this song for a while, um, but I, I just always shied away because it's not it's not a ska band, but it is a power pop band who plays ska often enough that uh, I decided, you know what, we're going to go for it. Uh, the name of the band is Telethon. They're out of Wisconsin, and the name of the song is Wander Party off their album Hard Pop. Where do you wander and where do you party? Nobody Yeah, it's it's a fun song. Uh, I will admit to doing a little bit of editing there because the first verse is not ska, but the second verse is ska, and so is the bridge. So, so if you if you boot that one up on Spotify, folks, trust me, you will get to the part I just played you all. <laughs> yeah, and you know, technically, technically, the segment is ska pick of the week, ska song of the week, whatever. It's not ska song by a ska band, so we very true. We have full range. We we very much could it's have just got to be a ska song. That's the only rule. Yeah, I think the next episode you you need to do only ska songs by non ska bands next week. We did that once, and some guy got really mad at me for picking uh, "Running on Ice" by Billy Joel. I'm like, that's a ska song, though. <laughs> We got a complaint, like like tweet tweet thrown at us for that one. And yeah, wow. I think that was the whole. I think we did a whole episode on that. Like a, that was a whole segment. Um, but yeah, there was there's and there's there are songs out there. I, oh I, yeah, definitely all the time. Ska fans arguing with other ska fans about ska, a tale as old as the internet. Hell yeah! <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes I think that they don't even know it's ska. I think they sometimes I like that band. What was that band? I think they were might have been called Magic, but it was like, why you got to be so rude? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think they knew that they were. I don't know. I There's just a part of me that when I, especially when I saw the video, I was like, do they know? Did, did I feel they? like they not got to know. But uh, yeah, but that Bruno Mars, when he did that song on the, Oh the, yeah, when he did the lazy song on today, the Today Show, like he actually hired like a band, kicked up the uh, 
the tempo a couple notches and yeah they were wearing suits the full-on scots on <laughs> yeah yeah so he knew he clearly he, he knew, knew what he was doing yeah all right um uh, mr mike park thank you for joining us this week we appreciate yeah. it yeah thanks for having me um listeners uh thank you for listening and uh sharing the show uh listening to the show telling your friends about the show we appreciate all your support and of course until next time hey keep listening to ska you've been listening to on the upbeat be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available be sure to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at on the upbeat ska follow our spotify playlist ska favorites it features all the songs heard on the show please consider joining our patreon visit patreon.com slash on the upbeat ska to sign up today and thank you for supporting on the upbeat Next episode on On the Upbeat, RJ is still here. Is that guy ever going to take that break he was talking about? And we have a very special guest lined up. Or do we have a very special host lined up? Looks like you'll have to tune in next time to be sure. For our episode titled, Skanky Delivery. Or, The Postman Always Rings Two-Tone. A Phoenix production.